0: Good morning, Grace Church. How are you this morning? Good. You can talk back. How are you this morning? Okay. If if you're bad, feel free to say that too, okay? We we want you to be real here at Grace Church. Um, We are continuing our series called Love Does, and this morning, hopefully when you walked in, you got a bulletin. On the back of the bulletin, you can take some notes. Uh, The title of the sermon today is Love Never Quits. And uh, uh, if it's your first time visiting here at Grace Church, my name... Is Justin Ross? I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Church, and it, it really is an honor to have you with us here at Grace Church this morning. I'm going to be reading uh, Psalm 136. I'm going to read the chapter in its entirety, and it's it's an amazing chapter in the scriptures. And I'm going to read this phrase, and uh, I'm going to read this phrase often. His faithful love endures forever. Actually, I'm going to read it 27 times is this phrase, His love endures forever, is repeated throughout this chapter. But here's what I wanted us to do this morning, is as I read through this tra- this chapter, when I come to this phrase, His faithful love endures forever, I want you to say it with me. But I've been a little bit conflicted this week because I don't want us to sound like a cult. All right? You've all maybe heard that, it sounds like a chant, and, and it sounds really weird. So I thought, how can we do it to where it doesn't sound like a cult, so... I'm going to encourage you to repeat it after me. And let's say it like an army would say it. All right? So don't think cult. Think army. And I got some uh, tricks in my pocket. If you don't play along, then I'll pull those tricks out and we'll see how this goes. All right? So I'm going to read Psalm 136 in its entirety. And I pray that it just blesses you tremendously. So let's, let's uh, say that phrase like we were an army of the Lord. Psalm 136 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Oh, man, this army is going to get destroyed. Give thanks to the God of gods. That's a little bit better. Give thanks to the capital L, give thanks to the Lord of the lowercase lords. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. Faithful love yours forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. Faithful love yours forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. Faithful love yours forever. Okay, all right. I'm going to call you out now, all right? We're going to break up into sections. This is a section. This is a section, you're a section, back there you're a section, and you're a section. We're going to have a little competition. If I point to your section, you have got to say, His faithful love endures forever. And let's see which one can be the loudest. Verse 7, give, be ready, I could point at you at any time. Okay, verse 7, give thanks to Him who made the heavenly lights. forever. Yeah, all right. The sun to rule the day. His
1: faithful love forever.
0: Yes. And the moon and the stars to rule the night.
1: His faithful love
0: forever. Yes, thank you. Whoever that is back there. I love it. Awesome. That was so good, I lost my place. Listen to this one. If, give thanks to Him... Who killed the firstborn in Egypt? Hold on if you want to know more about what in the world is that talking about, you can read the story in the book of Exodus. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt
1: thanks
0: Good job, Susan. Good job. Actually, the rest of you too. Good job you. Too. He brought Israel out of Egypt. Faithful love forever. All right, let's do it all together now, okay? He acted with a strong hand and a powerful arm. Faithful
1: love forever.
0: Yes, give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea. We just sung about this. Faithful love forever. He led Israel safely through. Faithful love forever. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. Give thanks to Him who led His people through the wilderness. Give thanks to Him who struck down mighty kings. He killed powerful kings. Sion, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. A special possession to His servant Israel. He remembered us in our weakness. He saved us from our enemies. He gives food to every living thing. Give thanks to the God of heaven. All right, thanks for playing along. His faithful love truly does endure forever. The big idea that I want us to walk away with today, on your notes, write this down. The big idea that I want us to walk away with today is just that God's love never quits. God's love never quits. It's also the first point of the sermon today because I wanted us to repeat it 27 times and then I wanted to give it to you two more times. So hopefully we know today when we leave this service that God's love never quits, ever. His love never quits. What a comforting thought to know that God is always pursuing me. That God is always pursuing you. He will never quit on you. He'll never check out on you. He loves you just the way you are right now. He loved you in the middle of the snowdown chaos. Whatever you were doing during snowdown. He loved you in those moments as well. He loves you just the way you are. And His love will transform Your life, I've said this often, church, you've heard this many times, but so many people walk into church and they have such a distorted view of who God is. They think God is out to get them or that God is this angry being up there frothing at the mouth and he has lightning bolts and he's ready to strike you dead. But that's not the God of the Bible. The scripture says it's the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. Man, God is good. He's a good father. He loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. And his love will never quit. He loves you just the way you are. Listen, if you're living a life of rebellion, he still loves you. If you're you're openly rejecting God, you, you reject him, you curse him, he still loves you. If you say there is no God, you you are in complete denial. You say there is no God. He still loves you. No matter your current state, no matter what you've done, God's love never quits. God loves you right where you are in, in your current state, right where you are. You are experiencing His love. Whether you reject Him or whether you have accepted Him, His love endures forever. Some of you, you know, some people, they just they have that view of God, and it's so hard for them to, to see the God of the Bible because they've believed lies for so long. And they, they have a hard time believing that God really loves me. He loves me. I, I don't know if I believe it. Did you? Feel the warmth of the sunlight this past week? I thought the weather was pretty amazing myself, but did you feel the warmth of the sunlight? That's God's love. Did you have something to eat this week? You didn't starve to death this week? That's God's love. Were you able to breathe? Are you able to breathe right now? You're alive. That's God's love and He has a purpose and He has a plan for your life. God's love never stops. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 8 and verse 39. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord nothing God promised to never leave or to forsake his people the Bible says nothing can separate us from his love but despite these promises we sometimes feel very distant from God sometimes we feel like God doesn't notice us or God has forgotten about us or like hello God I'm down here do you even remember me we feel this distance Sometimes we feel like God is pulling away. Maybe it's because of something we've done. Maybe it's because of something in our past. We feel like God doesn't love me because I did that. Or maybe it's because of something we have failed to do. Maybe we feel like we're not good enough. We don't measure up. I'm not qualified. I haven't done enough righteousness. Rest assured, church. God is not holding back from you. He hasn't withdrawn from your life. He is actually anxiously waiting to give you what you need. He wants to transform your life. God remains faithful even when you and I are not faithful. Let me say that one more time. God remains faithful even when we're not faithful. Some of us have experienced that. Maybe it's in a marriage or in a friendship and someone was unfaithful and you were hurt. You were crushed by that unfaithfulness. You were hurt by that. Now you're beginning to get a little bit of the taste that God experiences with us because we were all unfaithful. We were all unrighteous. We We were all sinners. But even in spite of our unfaithfulness, He still loved us. There's still hope. For your marriage, there's still hope for your friendship. He still loved us in spite of our unfaithfulness. His love never quits. Church, I encourage you stop rejecting the transformed life that He is offering you. You may feel like you've been disqualified, but His love never quits. God, He wants to give you a new life, so quit holding on to that past. Quit holding on to the pain and those regrets and move into the transformed life that God has for you. Have you experienced a personal revelation of Jesus Christ? Let me just for a moment, let me talk to the young people in the room and and some of you that maybe have never made that decision of faith, but especially young people. You have to experience a personal revelation of Jesus Christ. You have to make your faith, your faith. You cannot believe it just because dad believes it, or mom believes it, or grandma believes it, or grandpa believes it. You have to make that decision of faith because you believe it. Have you made Jesus? Have you asked Jesus to be your God because that's what you believe? Have you had a personal revelation of Jesus Christ? Do you believe His faithful love endures forever? And listen, to get through the difficulties that you're going to face in life, in this life you will have trouble. To get through those troubles, you have got to have a personal faith in Jesus Christ. If it's built on grandma, it's not going to last. As important as grandma's influence is, I am not minimizing that at all, but it has got to be personal. You've got to make it your own. Do you know that his faithful love endures forever? Do you know that God's love never quits? You know, God first loved us and he proved his love by laying down his own life. He proved it. And love isn't worth much. Until there is a cost involved. We we can say the words until we're blue in the face. But until you prove it. Until there is a cost involved. Love isn't worth much. God proved his love. By giving his life through Jesus Christ. God proved that his love doesn't quit. We know that God is love. But what about us? What, What about you? Does your love quit? Is your love just kind of shaky? Sometimes you're in, sometimes you're out. Your love is just kind of flaky. The second point in the sermon is this. Great courage is needed to love. Great courage is needed to love. In order to love well, great courage is necessary. Often when God's people are lacking courage, when they're lacking courage, they go to the book of Joshua chapter 1. This is like the, the courage chapter of the Bible. It's filled with amazing verses calling us to have great courage. Actually, commanding us to have great courage. My mom is in California right now. She's taking care of my grandpa. Her dad, he's 98 years old. Okay? And... She has some days that are rough, caring for him. His health is is going downhill. She has some really rough days. And I was able to talk to her on the phone. And she was reminding me of this chapter in Joshua, chapter 1. And she said, Justin, you know, a lot of people think that we have an option. That we, we have the option to be strong and courageous. But actually it says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. We don't have a choice. Be strong and courageous. And man, I don't know. When you hear that from your mom, it's like, all right, Satan, let's go, man. You know, it like fires you up. It's like when your mom's preaching at you. It's pretty amazing. But you see in Joshua chapter one, here's, here's what was happening. God's servant Moses. Remember, Moses was a hall of fame leader. It was hard to to follow in his footsteps for sure, but Moses was dead. And now it was Joshua's turn. Joshua was being tapped on the shoulder. It was his turn to step up into leadership. And remember, Joshua was a military commander. He's a man's man. He's a national leader. He was an aide to Moses. And he had been preparing for this time for a long time. This is a great reminder for us. Once again, man, you you've got to be prepared. So whatever that vision is for your family or for your church or for your business, or you've got to prepare now. So when that time comes, you're ready. You're ready to step into it. Joshua had been preparing to be a godly leader. So when Joshua was called up to lead, it should have been so exciting. It should have been very accessible. It should have just happened very easily. But My question is, is why did God have to keep telling Joshua to be strong and courageous? Was he missing something? I mean, was there something, was there a void in his leadership or in his courage? As a matter of fact, there was 31 reasons why God was telling Joshua to be strong and courageous. You see, Joshua had 31 kings in his future. 31 kings stood between him and the promised land. He was going to have to go through 31 kings to get to the place that God had called him to go to. 31 reasons that God was saying, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Great courage was going to be needed for Joshua to love well and to lead well. Let me ask you, what's, what's standing between you and the vision that God has called you to? What kings stand in your way between you and you know the place that God wants you to be? What vision do you have for your family? What vision do you have for your finances? What vision do you have for your marriage marriage? Maybe for your personal health. What vision do you have for your church? And then I have to ask you, what kings have to be defeated in your life to get to the promised land? What's standing between you and the vision that God has given you? Great courage is going to be needed, church. Great courage is going to be needed for us to live out our lives in a God-honoring way. Some of you might, let me me just take a moment and try to define what courage is. Some of you might be saying, well, what is courage? Can you help me understand this a little bit more? Maybe we've heard some kind of catchy phrases. One of my favorites is John Wayne. You know, when he said, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyways, right? That's a John Wayne quote for you. But courage, this is how I'm going to say it courage is being exceptional in a god honoring way courage is being exceptional in the way that you love it's having it's having a, an exceptional faith in god it's being exceptional in the way that you lead cuz listen church average is the norm for a reason it takes courage to be exceptional It takes courage to go after it. To go after the vision that God has called you to because there's so many naysayers, and I'll use the language of our day, there's so many haters that are trying to call you down from that vision, that are trying to distract you and say, you can't do that, you can't do that. That's stupid, what are you thinking? And it takes courage to be exceptional. It takes courage To be exceptional. Being exceptional demands extra effort. Being exceptional demands sustained inspiration. You have to make sure your tank is full. Being exceptional demands uncommon discipline. So you have a goal for your personal health? Guess what? You have to get up and exercise and you have to eat right. I am preaching to myself right now, just so you know that, okay? You have got to have uncommon... Discipline Being exceptional Requires Courage And it's going to take Great courage for your love To never quit Because in this life You will have troubles In this life You will experience some unfaithfulness And some people that stab you in the back And some people that Hurt you And it's going to take courage for your love to continue on. This morning, we're actually going to put this courage into practice. We're going to put this love into practice. And what we're going to do is we're going to remind eight families within our congregation, our own church. We're going to remind them that love never quits. And we're not going to remind them with words. We're going to remind them with action because love does Love isn't just words. Love is action. Love does. After the sermon this morning, we're going to take a love does offering. And we're going to bless these families in our church financially that are in need. And we're asking God for big things. We're asking God to give us $12,000 to bless these eight families. Listen, if 100 people would give $120, we would meet this goal. And I know for some of you, $120 is a stretch. That's that's a lot. For others, $120, you you could do more. But before we take this offering, at the end of the the sermon, we're going to take up this offering. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And and what, what I would ask of you is just to ask God. Say, God, what do you want me to give to this? And then just be obedient. It's as simple as that. Just give as the Lord leads you to give. Now, the Safaris are one of the families that we intend to bless through this offering. And not long ago, their son, Victor, uh, graduated from the Navy. And uh, Arnold and his family were able to go to Chicago and be at the graduation. And it was really a, a great experience for them. But on the way home, Arnold suffered a heart attack. And uh, he wasn't able to work for a whole month. And as you can imagine, this put a a big financial strain on his family. And if you know Arnold, he knows how to work. And honestly, that's probably why he had a heart attack is because he works way too many hours. As a matter of fact, Arnold would love to be here today, but he can't be here because he's at work. We asked Arnold, hey, would you just be willing to share your story? What what happened during this season of struggle in your life? And and so that's why we're going to do it via video, because he's not able to be here with us today. But um, I'm going to just invite you to watch this video from Arnold. It's it's about six to seven minutes long. And uh, this is just one of the families that we intend to bless through this offering. So check out this video.
1: So I text Dr. Andre 3 o'clock in the morning I say hey doctor can you help we went Chicago around 4 in the morning the day of graduation which we'd we had no budget for a hotel or anything. We were to come back the same day. We spent the whole day with Victor. And then in the afternoon, I realized, no, I better change the ticket to tomorrow. Because Victor was free that, the whole day, that day, because of us. So the following, we had a ticket of 10 o'clock coming back here. So reaching at the airport, near the airport, there was a jam because there was an accident. So we got late. So we missed the flight at 10 o'clock. So they find me a route again to Dallas to Abercookie. So we landed Abercookie at 7 in the night. So reaching there, our friends were there. They said, you know what? We have families here. We have houses here. We have everything. There we started, you know, uh, getting ready to sleep so that we can drive the following day here. We read the Bible every evening. A verse. Lucy can, you know, read a verse for me or I read for her. And then we pray and then we sleep. I woke up and I could not... I had really pain in my chest, you know. So I said, Lucy, I woke up, and I said, Lucy, can you pray for me? Because what I'm feeling, I've never felt it before. I nailed down beside of the bed, and she put hands on my chest, and she started praying. And after a few minutes, the pain went off. I was very much okay so she went back to sleep so Lucy was fast asleep that was around 2 o'clock so the pain was now double so I thought to wake her up was not very good idea so I went back to my phone and started googling what I'm feeling And after a few minutes, it started showing, these are signs of heart attack. You know, this part was just like turning numb. I went down on my knees. And I prayed, God, if this is your will, let it be done. Because I cannot take it anymore. Few minutes after reaching the hospital, I could see the doctor I'm talking to Lucy, but after that, my vision was just gone. Mm-hmm. And Lucy was telling me they could show the heart on the big screen, and they said half of the heart on your left hand side, it has all blood clot, and it's going very slowly on the other side of the, the heart. Lucy she asked a, a private place where she could go and pray. I remember Lucy was holding me on hand and opening my eyes, I could hear her praying in my language. So I closed back my eyes until she is done with the prayers. And then she asked me, how are you feeling? I said, I am much better. The pain is gone but I'm really weak. The doctor came in and he said we've examined your heart walls. Most cases when something like this happened, the heart start pumping so hard. Most of the people they go- could paralyze one side until it's all you know, takes a months until they get better. But yours was just going faint but very calm. Tell me what do you do? So he said, You're very lucky, my friend. But you're very much okay. It is as if nothing has happened. So you need to thank you, God for that. She told me like that. I said yeah. And she was talking so highly about how brave Lucy was in praying and, and they have never Seen it before? Said, yeah. Well, that's how it happens. So I was off from work a month, for a month, yeah, for a month, and then he recommended me to go back to work about four days uh, four hours a day. For me, this is the first season of tough times in my life and family so I can say this season is gonna pass yeah this season will never be there for a long time and we've been always we have been always praying god to god is healing and and it's really happening very fast
0: couple things that uh, you need to know about this offering. First of all, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but we hardly ever take offerings around here at Grace Church and we do this intentionally. We do this on purpose. Uh, we have a couple offering boxes in the back and that's how people give. but we do this because we don't want people to give out of guilt. We don't want people to, to give in such a way. We want people to give out of obedience to God. We want people to give out of inspiration. We want people to give joyfully. We want to be a joyful and generous church. Second thing that you need to know about this offering is that it's going to teach us, this Love Does offering is going to teach us the concept of sacrificial giving. Remember, love isn't worth much until it costs something. Till there's a cost involved. And this Love Does offering is above and beyond your first fruit. So so don't take your tithe and give it to this offering. That's not sacrificial giving. Don't do that. Lastly, these eight families that are going to be blessed by this offering. These eight families are not squandering their finances. Okay, They're not bad stewards of their personal finances. These... Uh, eight families, the, the pastors here at Grace, we know their situations, we know what's going on in their lives, and these are faithful families who have hit some hard times. Uh, I mean, nobody knows that you're going to have a heart attack, right? They've just hit some hard times, and blessing them financially will be a great way for us to practice the principle of loving one another. So so the last point of the sermon this morning is this. It's found in Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 16 through 18. And it says this. That is why we never give up. Why should we never give up? Because Jesus is alive. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying. Our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Man, we should never give up. But, you know, the sad reality is that many people do. Many people do give up. Many people call it quits. And listen, can I just say that it's always too soon to quit. It's always too soon to quit. You are never a failure until you quit. The difference between faithful people and unfaithful people is this. Faithful people keep going. They keep going. They're determined. Faithful people are diligent and they're faithful. Faithful people are persistent. They're resilient faithful people don't know how to quit. Here's, here's the secret sauce okay if you're struggling maybe you've quit in the past and you're like I don't want to be a quitter how help me How, how can I keep from quitting? here's the secret sauce to keep from quitting. are you ready? to keep from quitting we just read it in second Corinthians 4 you have to renew your spirit. Every day. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. How do you keep renewing your spirit? How do you keep your tank full? In the video we saw last Sunday, remember the prison warden, Burl Kane, he said you need to do that little devotional every morning. It's like pouring fuel in the gas tank. Man, that's a way that you can keep going, that's a way that you can keep your tank full. So, how do you renew your spirit? How do you keep your tank full? Love never quits. But if you're not connected to the source of love, Jesus Christ, your tank will run dry. It will run empty. And we are so serious about this as a church. We are so serious about keeping our tanks full that we are going to do something we have never done here at Grace Church. The leadership of Grace Church can... Let me just say, the leadership of Grace, they are, gosh, they are so faithful. They are working so hard. They take the job of overseeing this church so seriously. They love you. I'm just so proud of those, those leaders. It's such an honor to work alongside them. But the leaders of Grace Church, they have encouraged me and the other pastors here at Grace to take a sabbatical this year. And so in the month of March, I'll be stepping away from the responsibilities of leading this church for three weeks. And I'm going to intentionally seek after the Lord. Now, the purpose of this sabbatical is to make sure that my life doesn't outpace my soul. And listen, we live in a culture where our lives are constantly outpacing our souls. To make sure the purpose of the sabbatical is to make sure that my spirit is renewed. To make sure that I'm refreshed and rested and that I can have time to reflect on God's word. And, and the whole goal is that I can return with my cup overflowing. And I have to tell you, church, this is really uncomfortable for me because I've never done this before. But the leaders, I'm just trusting in their wisdom. I'm leaning on their guidance. And they said, "This, Justin, this will be better The best thing for our church is for its pastor to have his cup overflowing. We want this for you. You know, many people quit. Many pastors implode. There's churches imploding all over the place. It just seems like there's carnage all around us. And so we want to be intentional at renewing my spirit. Let me... Just speak bluntly, there's not a crisis in my heart. But you know what? We're trying to do things intentionally before there is a crisis. We're trying to be intentional at making sure our lives don't outpace our souls. And we want to lead the way in this area. We want you to do the same thing in your personal life. There's times you need to step away, you need to have times of reflection, you need to have times of rest. You need to have times where you can hear from the Spirit of God. And so we're trying to lead the way in this area. This is our attempt to do so. We have to be intentional at renewing our spirits. Alright, in just a few moments we're going to take the Love Does offering. And so I want to encourage you to grab an offering envelope, um, write a check out, um, and just put on the memo of that offering envelope, just write Love Does and maybe you're here this morning, and you're like, "Man, I forgot my checkbook." You can actually go to gracedurango.com. You can go to the Give tab. You can give through that as well online. And um, we need to—we uh, need a hundred people. Okay, we need a hundred people to give $120. And if God leads you to give more, give more. But uh, we're going to bless the Safari family and seven other families in our church that can use some help right now during these tough times. So let me read one more verse. It's Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. We're trying to put our faith, our love, what we teach into action. It says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. This is our chance to practice the part that says, especially those in the family of faith. So I'm going to pray. And once again, I just encourage you to give as the Lord leads you to give. And, and one more thing real quick. Our, what we've envisioned for this is that these families, we're going to invite them in during the week. And uh, the pastors are going to be there. And we are going to hand them a check. And we're going to say, Grace Church loves you, and here's proof. And then as pastors, we're going to spend time praying over them and praying that God would bring them out of these tough times, just so you know how we're going to handle the money. And I think it really is more blessed to give than to receive, because to be honest with you, I'm a little excited about that. I'm excited to bless these families in this way. So I'm going to pray, and you you give as the Lord leads you to give. I'm going to ask uh, the ushers to come forward for the offering, and the band, if you guys would come up just to play uh, during this time as
1: well. Father, I ask
0: in Jesus' name.